You're listening to Creating a Universe, a Love Anarchy podcast hosted by William J. Rogers. On this show, we follow the journey of creatives, artists, and entrepreneurs who are making a name for themselves in the ever-evolving landscape of today's industry. Featuring an insight into both Love Anarchy and the Labaniverse music universe, as well as the individual projects and stories of each of our guests from the music industry and beyond. So whether you're a budding creative or simply interested in what goes on behind the scenes, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Creating Universe. I'm your host, William J. Rogers. And today I am here with composer, solo artist, and mastermind of the Golden World Archive Metal Opera series, Mr. William Kahn. How's it going, Will? Hi there. Pretty well, actually. Awesome. How, how are you doing? Great, man. Great. And it's so good to have you on this podcast as, you know, we were just chatting a little bit off uh, off camera. We've been in touch for a good while, man. Like, you know, years have been following your work. So it's so great to get the chance now to sit down and have this chat with you. Yeah, I was actually I was actually low key expecting this this interview when I when I <laughs> saw, for example, Pete Rockleaf, which you which we both uh, collaborated with and also uh, Laura Massard. And I was yes. like, mm, this, this is, this is, this is coming. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I it's long overdue, man. Long overdue. I, I, uh, <laughs> I've had you on my mind, and then I thought, how, how have we not done this yet? So, yeah, very <laughs> happy to, uh, to be doing this now. I was thinking that as well. So, P obviously featured in Golden World Archive, Laura Mazard, um, Archie Kane as well. You know, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've got plenty of crossover. And I was checking it earlier, and I saw like Golden World Archive related artists you're in your fantasia and i was like oh cool <laughs> so, yeah man uh yeah super keen to get into everything so i mean for anybody that's listening to this that might not be aware of um who you are and what you do would you be able to perhaps give a little bit of an overview of yourself and your projects and such yeah well like you said i am a composer and producer well i'm starting to produce like professionally and I'll do, I do a little bit, well, a little bit. I do a lot of uh, metal, especially symphonic metal, but I also starting to tap into other styles. And I also, I am a soundtrack composer. I did uh, soundtrack, I make, I made soundtracks for uh, short films and video games. Still not uh, long productions, but maybe we'll see <laughs> we'll see about that yeah and amazing, yeah man. i it i i think I, I mean i i have uh music studies but like elementary music studies and everything that i've learned was along the way along the i don't know how much has been since i since i left you know the, the classical the the conservatory the conservatory and stuff like that and i started to actually you know do what i wanted with music i think it was like six years ago or something like that and i am proud of the journey i've done so far yeah absolutely as you sh as you should be man so um i mean yeah there's so much to get uh, you know, kind of sink our teeth into. Obviously, you're a wonderful soundtrack composer, like orchestral orchestration, and and that kind of thing is really your forte. I mean, you do that so well, very yeah. cinematic kind of style, right? But as you say, you touch upon obviously a lot of metal and also a variety of styles. Um, you've composed soundtracks for yeah films, video games. That is so cool. Love to chat with you about that. Um, but perhaps also, could you maybe give a little overview to your projects? You obviously have your solo work. 
you have Golden World mm. Archive, um, and then maybe some others that you've been involved in? Yeah, well, I, I'm going to start with my solo work because it's the, the, the most recent one that I've been working on. And I, I, I've done, a, you know, it's, I didn't want to do just one style when I work in my, in, under my own name. And so I think I've done a little bit of metal. I'm starting to do a little bit of metal uh, with um, this new small project that I have, uh, like science fiction themed project. Uh, but I also have done a lot of orchestral music and, uh, you know, modern uh, soundtracks. And most of the time, sometimes it's just there are just pieces that I that I compose for for, for not for uh, a film or a series or a video game. It's just pieces that I that I have and I'm like, I'm gonna release uh, an EP with this with these songs or I'm gonna release a single with this piece because I like. And I also have done a lot of, uh, well, I took part in many contests with pieces because, you know, you have, when you're a composer, probably you will understand this, you have a lot of songs and a lot of, uh, of pieces that you have uh, stored in your hard drive and you have never published any of them and they are there and you're just like, I like these uh, songs, why aren't they published? And so I use my my solo my solo project to to kind of release these kind of songs because sometimes, for example, I have my other project, Golden World Archive, which is, uh, as you said, a uh, symphonic rock, uh, symphonic uh, metal rock opera, and I have a lot of songs that have that haven't made the the cut uh, for the albums, and so I reuse, I recycle the. Um, the instrumentals and I may and I use them for songs for my own uh, personal project and my you know the songs that I the singles that I released and yeah I kind of use my 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 solo project to release all of that and all of the orchestral music also and the soundtracks that I made for for short films and stuff like that and then we have Golden War Archive which is like the like the the prodigal son uh, <laughs> to say something and in which i do more like um because it's it's a different kind of approach because in one is just me so i do whatever whatever i want you know and the other one i uh, collaborate with other with other artists with especially um singers so what i usually do with this kind of uh, this kind of um collaborations is I let them write their own melodies you know I let them I I send them the instrumental and I go like see if you if you are comfortable with the melodies see if you can come up with some melodies and then I'll write the lyrics uh, over the the tracks you sent me and then I I write uh, the melodies as they sent me if I if I if I if I like it them obviously and because it kind of um, it kind of shows the the style, you know, the, the their own style. They are able to to put a little bit of their own style in the in the songs. Maybe not in the lyrics, but maybe in the melodies, or maybe they they get to to create something that they are comfortable in, especially singing, which is kind of the 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 idea.
and uh, I really like to make uh, to make collaborations. I really enjoy them. Yeah, they are they are fun to make and they are fun to produce because I'm used to produce my voice. I'm used to mix my voice, but when another instrument or another voice that you are not so used to do it's it's a, it's a challenge it's kind of a challenge and uh, it's a nice one you know especially mm -hmm. i am working on a golden world archive song right now and the the chorus is just six different voices from six different singers at the same time doing like a choir mm -hmm. and that was hard to 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 produce like very very hard to produce to make them sound compressed and equal and you know expanded and everything and it was it was it was hard that song is almost finished by the way <laughs> that sounds cool and uh, i suppose even from a technical perspective like the fact that people have recorded remotely with, with different microphones and different studios yeah must make it quite a challenge <laughs> That that is that is the the thing that that I've uh, that I've that I've heard in different in different um, in different projects when you know when you listen to for example a project of other artists that has um, made collaborations with inter internationally but um, and you can kind of hear the the difference of the of the rooms they've recorded on and the and the difference of the mix that the the producer had to make to make them more equal because for example for the first album because now i'm revisiting some of the songs of the first album and i realize well I realize the the difference between microphones because in the second album uh the the recordings are quite um, are a little bit more professional and they are e more easy to they are easier to to blend together you know to make that sound kind of uh, recorded in the same studio and recorded in the same room and stuff like that but in the first one there was like very kind of different microphones and different styles of recording and that was the that's going to be a hard thing to do when I do the remaster. <laughs> mm -hmm. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And and then, uh, well, I I've done uh, works for for filmmakers and video game makers, and I also done a little bit uh, some collaborations with, for example, uh, the last song from Valcata. The Archangel, I done the the orchestration, which was a fun and fast uh, uh, work to do, and I am I am waiting for for more work like that. <laughs> yeah, that was an awesome song, man. The Archangel, yeah, Alcata song, and obviously Pete um, singing on that one. So you had that familiar territory. That I mean, there was a, a lot of amazing people on that, and I think it was was it mixed by Yus van der Berg as well. Yeah. Or? Yeah, yeah, all star <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, amazing. And so would you say that like soundtrack composing in terms of like video games, film, etc., is that kind of like would you see that as kind of like your job, your career kind of thing? Or I suppose as a part of it. I th I I like to do both things. I like to to do like producing like for you know and making metal music and I like to make orchestrations for this kind of because it it is a different different approach. It is mm -hmm. 
I like the blend of like a hard thing and a, like a, a, the guitars and you know the the heavy guitars and the bass and the drums and the 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 aggression of that kind of uh, sound and then the this the sound that you can add to it and the and how you can expand that sound how you can amplify that sound by adding a classic orchestra which is a, an, an, a full acoustic sound mm -hmm. it, it is very interesting but when it comes to to soundtrack composing it is a different kind of approach because you have not freedom to do whatever whatever you want because you are working for someone usually but um you are the one who knows how things are done <laughs> you are not you're not usually working to, uh, with other um with other musicians you are working with people who usually don't know a lot about music mm -hmm. so you have the freedom to convince them of things you know sometimes things work better because you understand better music than they do they of course understand better for example film filmmaking and scenes and mm -hmm. all about that and it is like a negotiation <laughs> the the work yeah. of making uh yes because you're like oh okay okay i've done this and you send send it to them and they're like mm, we don't like it can you change this and you'll change it and then they say mm, i don't like it either can you change this and that and like yeah. can you try this and can you try that try that and then you're like okay look at I made this because it, um, for example, it just uh, blends with the with the footsteps, uh, the sound of the footsteps of the character, or with the transitions perfectly, and and they can be convinced about that because that's yeah. about that's about it. it's about storytelling. It's about mm -hmm. it's different from making a, a song because when you make a song, you have like sort of like a structure which which you can follow. You know that you have the chorus and you can repeat the structure in the choruses. Uh, but when you make, uh, for example, especially for short films, which are very, it's it's a very, a very, um, a very sped up uh, kind of narration, and when you have that, you you need to change themes quickly. So the 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 sound is gonna is gonna change all the time, and that is the fun of it actually. Mm -hmm. And you can convince them because you're you're storytelling. Both of you are storytelling. The the filmmaker and you. And the the thing about uh, soundtrack music is that they it can, it must um, push forward the storytelling, you know, and. Um, accentuate uh, emotions and scenes and stuff like that so uh, you can uh, actually negotiate with a uh, with a filmmaker about you know this suits better your tone and they can be like oh okay okay i didn't see it like that now i see it and i yeah, like yeah, it yeah. you know and stuff like that i think and that's a great insight yeah you're almost having to kind of sell the filmmaker a bit like present <laughs> your ideas yeah yeah, because I suppose that's an interesting thing, because as you say, often if you're working, okay, collaborations like Valcata, let's say, mm. you're talking to other musicians about music, about making a song, and it's mm. really just about the song, whereas it's a very different challenge, isn't it, when I suppose a filmmaker normally is not a musician and is thinking more about like a feeling that they want, as you say, a story yeah. that they're trying to tell. So yes. you have to be like, here's the music, here's why I feel it fits your story. 
So it's a it's a interesting, unique challenge by the sound of it. It's cool to get your insight on that. Yeah, it's 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 quite interesting that you say this because they they do, the filmmakers just describe the the music they need not uh by the music or the instruments uh or the sound they want yeah, to hear but the feeling they want yeah. to experience when they mm -hmm. listen to that they were like oh here we need a more like ominous music like a more tense music and stuff mm -hmm. like that and you're like what can what how how can i get a tense music how can i yes. get a tense sound and then you you work on the on the things you you know that it makes uh, tension. It makes tension in the yeah. in the music, and you work with that, and you present them to that. And if they don't, don't like it, you you know that there's other options, and you you present uh, you present them to them, mm -hmm. and until you get what they are more comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if you watch a movie sometimes with subtitles, you will get those musical cues like ominous, yeah, ominous <laughs> like violin or something, you know, or, or tone. As you say, often not even instruments, but yeah, it's 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 funny. I'm so I'm, I'm curious. Then, like, would you, from your experience, be able to kind of give us an insight as to the process of, let's say, somebody made a short film and they've sent this to mm. you, and they're like, "Give me some music," and I guess they've got some cues of what kind of music they want when. But you've got a blank slate. Like, how do you work out like what the tempos are going to be? What the thing? How do you start to approach composing that? Well, uh, usually, if they if they work well, if the filmmakers work well, uh, for example, I've done. I think that the best soundtrack I've made is uh, Lagrimas de Dragon, which is a short film. I think I have it. Uh, I have it uh, published on Spotify. Yeah, it's a short it's... film. It's a short film that I made for. It's a soundtrack that I made for a for a Spanish short film, which had which uh, received a lot of prizes, and um, I think that's the best soundtrack I've ever made because they works they work so well with me. You know, they they the 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 first time we we started to talk about the 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 soundtrack i sat with them and we talked about the the short film they showed it to me they had like sort of like a short pieces of music taken from other soundtracks over the the mix and they were like we need something like this and here is this is happening here and this is happening there and you know this is the the story that we are telling in each scene and I was like, okay, okay, I am already, you know, when I, when they were explaining to me, I was already having ideas about and, and how to make them, you know, I was like, oh, this can sound here. This, this, this is, this is fitting here. Mm -hmm. And then I received the, the, um, the short film, you know, the, the, um, without the audio, the, the, the image. Mm -hmm. And then you start to see how long the scenes are and how long you are gonna feel an emotion in that scene for example that short film at the beginning has like a like a play a playful fight between two two uh two kids mm -hmm. and i had to you know uh get uh, and I, I had to 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 come up with the metric of that of that of that fragment and and I was like, okay, 
And they, this is about trying, about trying stuff. And you, you, I usually start with like a tempo, and I see how the um, how the compasses uh, fit the, um, the the scene, and and then I'm like, oh, maybe I need a little bit more. And then you start with. 70 uh, BPMs, but you need a little bit more, and you start 72 BPMs, but you need a little bit more, and you're 73 BPMs, and you need a little, little bit more, and you're 73.5 BPMs, and you <laughs> end up with with uh, with uh, tempos like this. And <laughs> but this is the thing about, uh, and maybe that tempo is going to change the next scene. You know, the next yeah. uh, 15 seconds is going to be a completely different tempo. And the, 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 the secret is to be able to, to transition from, mm. from one to the other and so that they don't feel like forced. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was quite interesting to do. Quite Usually if filmmakers do uh, something well, if they, they already have a metric in their minds. They already in and sometimes it's uh, something something subconscious. They don't do it consciously, mm. and they create a, a, a rhythm between scenes. Yeah. You know, between changes of scenes, and that is quite easy to follow. And sometimes they adapt to the music you create. That is the mm. other the other the other. Uh, the other face of the coin they can uh you can uh, as a composer uh if mm, i don't know how to say it um you can um you you already receive the 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 film done and you adapt to it and it can happen the other way around you make them they they give you like a sketch and you make the music and they are like okay we're gonna fit this more to the music they, we're gonna shorten this a little bit so it fits perfectly the music you know and stuff like that and it it is a it is a process between two parts actually the creation of music which is for example for short films i think the music is one of the most important things of the of the of the short film is the storytelling of course and the music because for films and series and stuff like that yes it's important because without music it would be a little bit empty mm -hmm. of emotions especially but for short films it's it's essential mm -hmm. you know because it drives the it keeps the attention of the of the person that is watching the the short film especially if it doesn't have dialogues mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. It's, it's fascinating because, as you say, it, it's so integral to the storytelling. The music mm. is is storytelling just as much as anything else that's happening in, in the film, right? So um, I guess, as you say, like in a, in a feature-length movie, you might be able to have it more spread out, longer ambiences or, mm. or, or whatever, whilst other things carry the narrative. Whereas I suppose if it's a short film, the whole thing almost plays out like a song right and uh yeah. yeah that's 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 really cool to hear and it's interesting hearing you talk about composing for film and and the unique thing of like yeah you can have this sequence that's spread out and it's going to play off this scene which is like 15 seconds and then you need to transition into this thing where it might drastically change right yeah um, and that's that is the storytelling component and i think that that's a really cool crossover when you think about like progressive rock and things like yeah. that and then how that then moves into like rock and metal opera and that side of musical storytelling that you're obviously um 
you know hugely passionate about so (laughs) it kind of seems like musical storytelling for you is perhaps the biggest passion is that a fair um distinction yeah I think that I think that's a fair that's a fair thing to say because usually even when I make songs, um, you know, the songs that I make myself, I try to do it like a, a like a story because there are uh, songwriters that are very good at expressing emotions through through lyrics. I am not. <laughs> Let's just say it. I am not. And but what I think I'm do- I do best is tell a story. You know, mm-hmm. tell uh, a conversation between two characters. I think that that is the best thing I do, because uh, I think that two of the best uh, lyrics that I've written are from the song "A Cold Heart," mm-hmm. uh, featuring uh, Pete Rockliffe and Marina Rey, which is a conversation between two characters, mm-hmm. and also "The Queen of Thorns," mm-hmm. which is uh, which fe- which features uh, Loja Massard and uh, Marina Rey again. And it's also a conversation between two characters. And I, by the way, I've done a remaster of that song and a remixed and remake, a remake sort of like a remake of the of that song. And I'm gonna publish with the next uh, Golden World Archive single. Amazing. And I think it's gonna sound way better and it's gonna be much well received than the the first time it was out. And it. It kind of uh, really um, illustrates the the, the 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 contrast, you know, between two characters. Because sometimes it's that it's that that thing in the the Queen of Thorns. It's a it's a, it's a conversation between two characters. Well, mo- much more like a like a like an argument with with uh, between two characters. One of them is angry and spiteful of the other one, and the other one is pleading to the first one mm-hmm. but in a cold heart is two characters one sort of like trying to convince the other of something and the other quite of like sad about something so it's more like um like um like a slow feeling you know uh, like um slow emotions like not that uh, aggressive or not mm-hmm. that contrasted mm-hmm so it's um, yeah it's kind of a storytelling and i think that the the best song that i've made storytelling wise is uh a nightfall which is the longest song from the yes. from the first album which is like it's a uh, it's very progressive because it goes through different themes and different parts and i think <laughs> That violin solo that that song has is the best violin solo I've ever composed. Which uh, it was with my with my friend Emma, and she came to to my house, and we kind of uh, composed it uh, uh, here while we were recording. We, I was like, let's just hit record and let's just play things and go and try to come up because it was like uh, an ad libitum uh, kind of thing because I had like 45 seconds and I was like I have 45 seconds you can do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> you know like you can do you can um, it it has to be uh, emotional it has to be sad it has to be um, expansive it has to be it has to get to the heart of people because you know it's a character dying so it has to be that but mm-hmm. 
uh, from that you can do whatever you want. And we started, you know, to play with the with themes I had in that same song before, and we came up with that solo. And I'm very proud of that. I I, <laughs> I think that's the the best storytelling piece that uh, that that song has. Mm. Yeah, I love that you say that because again, it it both of those things you've highlighted there are the storytelling elements that you can get from the the, the singers and the lyrics, mm -hmm. um, which is more, I suppose, of a direct narrative. Whereas you're also talking about the musical, you know, storytelling, how that violin solo expresses the intensity mm -hmm. of that scene. So I love that that demonstration there. Uh, you know what you were saying about. I like this thing that you you um, present about the conversations because to have this kind of background of where two characters are coming from and the feelings that they have and then therefore how the tension in that scene plays out. Mm -hmm. You know, you're right. That's an excellent, um, you know, uh, foundation, I suppose, for for a piece of music, especially telling a story. So that that is all like so cool. I, I'd be really interested if we kind of like you know took it stripped it back to its foundation you know we we kind of did this a bit with film which was great but what how would you describe the process for creating a metal opera i suppose specifically golden world archive <laughs> um you you've mentioned a few things about i'm especially interested that you get the singers to kind of contribute their own melodies and things i think that's wonderful because it brings more of their personality in but then i think it's so interesting that you still have to manage that in a way that tells the story effectively and all that so i'd love to get just an insight to your process well so um i usually have the idea for the for the album first um of course the golden war archive uh it's uh it's a whole uh universe like kind of epic fantasy universe in fact i am writing a novel about it i'm i don't know when it's going to be released because it's like a side project and i'm working yeah. on it um bit by bit but um i come up with the with the story of the of the album and how many songs am i gonna need for that story you know uh, because i usually i usually you know i start to have like 16 songs or or you know 20 songs and i'm like no 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 no, no. this cannot be done <laughs> i have to be a little bit more specific i need to to just pick the right um, the right parts of the of the story, you know, I need to to have the the because you know I have the story already in my mind. I know what is happening. I know how they get to things and what things happen in between. But not all of them are are um, not all of them can be done in music especially in a in an in an album because if it was an a musical kind of things you know like a broadway musical it could be done but mm -hmm. it is not it is a conceptual album and i need to be specific about the things i want to tell so i took the bits of the story that fit together but st and still tell the story but uh, transmit the, the different different parts of the story without uh, without being like uh, filling Mm -hmm. You know, like film for film, because I have a lot of uh, of instrumentals made, but I only used uh, to. For the first album, I think I added uh, an introduction, an interlude, and and an outro, and yeah, that was kind of the feeling of the 
the yeah the the songs that could be taken out of the of the album and the album would still be the same mm -hmm. but uh, for the second one i was like i'm gonna get rid of all of this and i'm gonna just start with the story i'm gonna tell the story and it's gonna be like a very um a smaller story uh, maybe 10 12 uh, songs you know mm -hmm. And I start with that. And then I get, so I have this, these things and I have to fit this, uh, the, the, the different uh, emotions and the different uh, parts of the story that I want to tell uh, uh, with music. So for example, uh, it's, it's quite, you, you know about this. It's kind of like, so you, we know, we have to tell something about, you know, uh, or, or a moment of love or, you know, like just, uh, melancholy or something like that you go with a ballad mm -hmm. <laughs> you know this then then i do this kind of process of say for this i need a ballad for this i need a faster song for this i need a more aggressive song for this i need a more contrasted song this i want in there there is always one big song you know the symphonic symphonic metal albums also always have one big song you know like seven eight minutes long song and I oh, oh and I oh, oh and I always like to do this because I like to do big uh, instrumentals. I like to compose big and progressive instrumentals. I really enjoy doing that. And so I I am like so. What is the 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 song that I need for all the characters to sound or all the singers to sing at the same time? And I'm like this one. So this is gonna be the big song, <laughs> you know. I go like that, and then I start to 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 make instrumentals like a sketch, you know. Like I make one, I make another one, I make another one, and then I fit them in the different in the different parts that I selected. You know, for example, mm -hmm. this one fits better. It fits uh, fits uh, really good in this. Uh, in this kind of thing so if i need for example to make some changes uh, storytelling wise in the instrumental not in the lyrics yet but in the instrumental so for example i'm gonna i'm gonna put an example in the in the in the second album we are we are releasing the the beginning of the story it's uh, a girl uh, a girl in the desert and she sees a meteor fall into the desert so i made instrumental for that song and then i changed it after that because i kind of wanted to want, want it to be a a little bit more heavy song and i also wanted to emphasize the moment in which the meteor falls down to the ground you know mm -hmm. so i added like uh, sound effects and like a, a breakdown and something like that you know and mm -hmm. to to push the storytelling a little bit uh, more in the face of the listener mm -hmm. And so the listener can, you know, like be like, oh, so I am actually listening to like, uh, like an audiobook, like a, like a, like a musical audiobooks uh, sort of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I reach out to the singers. And I'm like, you're gonna sing this song, this song, and this song. You can come up with melodies, and if you want, and if you not, if you don't, maybe I. And sometimes, sometimes I try to make the melodies myself because sometimes I'm like, this is the melody that I want for this song. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that is, that's it. And then I sent it to the, to the musician. I'm like, this is what you're going to sing. But sometimes I'm, I'm a, a little bit stuck and I'm like, mm, I don't know how to, how to properly, um, 
how to properly uh, mirror this, how to properly um, transmit this this thing that I want to to talk about. So I'm I I have a little chat with the singers and I'm like, I want to tell this. This is what I want to tell. This is what your character is going through. And I want you to come up with a melody that is comfortable to you over this over this instrumental. And then I do changes in the instrumental if I need to. And that's when I and after that I write lyrics. Or if the if the sometimes the 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 singers when they record the 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 improvisations of the melodies they sometimes record uh, short uh, phrases. And sometimes I use that phrase those phrases to for the for the lyrics. And after that, uh, when the song is completed, uh, it's recorded and produced. And sometimes it goes through changes in the production because mm -hmm. you always made some changes in the special, in the instrumental, um, composition wise. And that's, uh, that's uh, all about it actually. <laughs> and then there's, oh. there are many instrumentals that I don't, uh, that I have stored that I haven't used yet, that I, they are there. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah i get that and then maybe maybe that could be used for future golden world archive or as you said earlier perhaps that gets use in just your william khan solo work because it can still be just as good work but it's doesn't necessarily fit the exact story you want to tell right yeah exactly exactly and some or sometimes they can be used like as an ideas, you know, like maybe not use the whole instrumental, but like oh, I I liked the this idea that I made in this, uh, in this mm -hmm. specific uh, song, so I'm gonna you know like uh, copy paste the project, open it, and ch and do all the changes that I need to do to create a new a completely new song with that uh, part that I liked. Mm. Yeah, so that's man, that's fantastic. I think you've um demonstrated that really really well i love that insight to your process and it sounds really well put together i especially love how you're able to incorporate the singers so collaboratively because i think what's definitely more typical is a composer will write every single note and want everything to yeah be got. because i mean it's i guess it's a more normal way to work it's it, it's more uh, you you have a lot more moving pieces if you're getting a lot of people working collaboratively so i'm really impressed at how you managed to do that i'm kind of curious like I can see how so you you have basically written a story you've you've kind of penciled it all out and then you're kind of making a film soundtrack for this story that you, you mm -hmm. kind of have ironed out with your instrumentals and then you're taking a scene let's say like one of those conversations like a cold heart mm -hmm. and so you know what part of the story it is and you've made the music to tell that story and then you're going to those two singers and saying here's here's where your character's at this is what they're feeling this is what they're trying to say here's the song and then you just kind of let them go at it and so you'd give it to two singers who are having a conversation and what they just record whatever words come to their mind or just random sounds or or what and like what what do you tend to get from something like that round i mean for example for the first album i wrote all the all the lyrics and i think that was kind of the the moment i realized that you know not the moment i realized but the moment i was like okay people have different voices 
it's not like a clarinet that almost every clarinet sounds almost the same. Um, you know, it can change depending on who's playing and depending on the on the brand of the instrument. But usually, it has kind of the same uh, same texture, the same sound. Mm -hmm. But voices, no, voices are completely different. Each one yeah. is uh, like a world. So who knows better a voice than the people that has that voice? Yeah. And so I kind of in the second album I. I kind of did that because you know I wanted to know if they if they were comfortable in that key that I had for that song and if they could manage to do some things because in the first album I wrote um a lot of uh, lots of um melodies based on what I thought they could do you know like mm -hmm. uh, I I asked them a little bit about the register and stuff like that but mm -hmm. not that much actually <laughs> so it was kind of like a thing I realized that it could work better if I give the the singers uh, you know like a small freedom to to be able to create something they were more comfortable in mm -hmm. and comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So this is I... kind of the, the 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 thing. And you know, I give I give it I give the instrumentals to them and they like it. So you improvise over it. You, I, I already, I always told, I will always tell them. You don't need to get out the microphone. You just hit record with your phone and yeah. and send it to me. You know, I, I want something quick, something that, uh, something that I can hear anytime, anywhere. I don't need for you to 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 make an appointment with your with your recording studio to record that. No, 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 no. I want yeah. an improvisation and do it whenever you can and however you can. I just want to hear it. And I just mm. want to listen to it. I just want to come up with um, to see if I can, you know, uh, take and take melodies out. For example, in the in the song in the next song we are going to release from Golden World Archive, I asked Laura to to do this kind of improvisation, and I didn't use all of her all of her all of the melodies she came up with, but there was a melody. That I used for the that that she came up with that I used for the for the instrumental that I added to the wow. instrumental after, mm -hmm. and it instead of a voice it's a piano but you know you can you can get out ideas from other people and yeah. and it is kind of interesting to do this kind of thing because like oh maybe this doesn't fit for the vocals but, but maybe this can fit for the arrangement mm -hmm. and it's it's quite an interesting thing to do. <laughs> I think that that's fascinating because it kind of made me hark back to what you were saying about film composing. It's slightly different, but it's still that premise that these two sides of the coin, how they can influence each other. So mm -hmm. just how your music that you might compose for a film might affect the way that they then edited it. You know, the melodies that Laura or anybody has come up with has made you go back to the instrumental and be like, actually, yeah, I, I like that. I'm going to adapt it. So it's not as simple as here's the instrumental that I made, sing over it it's much more of a kind of um uh yeah. tied in process in that way yeah yeah i i mean i think the hardest thing for me is write the lyrics so sometimes i'm just like on oh, if you can come up with some lyrics <laughs> for right. this uh, for your character if you can you can come up with some phrases it would be helpful 
because sometimes I find it hard to, it, it is not hard for me to create an instrumental. I can do it like that. But to create, to, to create the vocal melodies and the lyrics and have some good lyrics, you know, lyrics that are a little, that are, um, because storytelling is easy. You know, you can come up with, I can come up with, uh, um, I don't know, like um, a tale. I can come up with a tale very fast. Mm-hmm. But having to put that story to 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 poetry because lyrics are actually poetry mm-hmm. to poetry it's it's hard it's very yeah. hard and I find it sometimes I'm like stuck with it. I'm stuck in front of my notebook like trying to write the lyrics and sometimes I'm hitting my head against the against the table i'm like yeah. why can i why can't i uh, come up with anything and okay. it's a little bit frustrating in that way but that's why i usually i also uh, do this kind of process with the uh, i i kind of also started to do this process with uh with the singers mm. it, i mean it is quite a challenge isn't it because not only are you adapting a, a story into poetry but you also have very specific requirements to that poetry. You need it to match the syllables and the rhythm and the melody of of mm. the music and everything. So it is quite quite a challenge. But I, I love that premise of giving somebody the character and the scene and the premise and say, here's what you're feeling and allowing for them to kind of, in a way, much more organically act it out. There, there's something mm. so cool about that because, yeah, there, I feel like there's a real authenticity to the performance that way. And the singer really gets to kind of express themselves as this character, which, yeah, I think is such a wonderful thing to pull off. Yeah, and I think that is a, a thing, a good thing, because usually when you when you reach out to, to a singer, they are like, okay, so this is going to cost you this, and I'm doing this, uh, I have these days to record and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But when you involve them in the process, they are like, mm-hmm. oh, so, you know, and they can get into they can kind of they are when you when you say this to them and when you send them the instrumental and you go like okay i want you to record this and i want you to do like improvisation so i can see that and like they're like oh so the theme is this also what is going on in the song and they are they kind of get a little bit more involved and the result mm-hmm. of the of those lyrics and those recordings that are come up that are that are going to 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 come out of that uh, of that uh, of that whole process are going to be better than if you just send them the yeah. the lyrics and you know this this is this this is that and you have to record this and it's it's a different way of getting the the people that you're collaborating with involved in what you do yeah i agree but i love how i love how you managed to embrace that because it's it's just that thing that it, it invites almost more chaos to the situation because of, <laughs> it's more collaborative and more creative, but you have to be kind of willing to let go of that need to control, you know, and be like, no, it needs to be like this and that. And so to be able to put that much work into creating your masterpiece, you know, but then have the, you know, be relaxed enough and have the freedom to be like, no, here's all of this space for you to come and give your parts to it. I think that I, I love that as as like an as an approach um it's something that i've tried to adopt myself but it is a unique challenge in uh, in its own right and i love that you embrace that i mean i think that the the um, 
the the idea is to to know what you are best at and to know what you are not best at and yeah. to kind of try to um, to cover that you know the 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 what it, what is not your forte and try mm -hmm. to cover up that with other people you know instead of uh, i'm going to do it everything myself because i can yeah. do it everything myself and maybe you're not good at some stuff ben because we we cannot be good at everything that's that's a reality <laughs> and yeah. so sometimes you are very good you could be very good at composing instrumentals and storytelling through music but when it comes for example in my case when it comes to lyrics i'm i'm not very good and so that's kind of the thing that oh, and sometimes to to compose uh, vocal melodies that I'm not very that very good either and for my voice yes because I know my voice perfectly well I know what I can do I know what I cannot do and um, I am more comfortable in doing the melodies I come up with mm -hmm. but for other for other uh, singers that's that's where the where the thing changes and I think that's the idea is to know what you are not that good at and trying to to have more people involved in that specific area. Mm -hmm. And so the, the result is going to be definitely better than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, yeah I, I agree. And it, bring, it made me think of something that I'd love to get your opinion on, because I feel like the realm of a composer, especially composers probably most prevalent in like film and and soundtrack kind of world um in this day and age obviously somewhat classical too but mm. um especially in the soundtrack world i do feel like there's almost some different rules that you play by compared to normal you know music artists um and one thing that this made me think of is especially someone that comes to mind is like hans zimmer right so mm -hmm. hans zimmer is probably like the most famous or prolific soundtrack composer right now probably um mm -hmm. and so he's credited all over the place and he's kind of seen as the big maestro guy but i'm pretty sure like when you often see his process he is really in a way outsourcing a lot to a lot of different musicians so he would be getting some amazing violinist or whoever to actually really contribute significantly to that violin part and so in a way, he's the composer of the overall thing, but he's kind of using lots and lots of people to kind of compose pockets of it. And yet he's considered the composer. But what what, what do you think about that? Because I feel like you probably have a lot more insight to that world in general. The fun thing is, is uh, I've done master classes from Hans Zimmer. And right. I think that my masters in uh, soundtrack composition are Hans Zimmer and John Williams, which I think they are right. both different kind of uh, music schools, you know, Definitely. composition yeah. schools, very, def very differently. But uh, when it comes to it's it's a scary challenge when it comes yeah. to you know to gather especially because when I, when I make music I usually make music by myself I use uh, VSTs and I I master the, I think I've mastered the VSTs to a point that I can create music that is convincing that you know that yeah. uh, orchestrations that are convincing and they sound real and but when it comes to record 
with an orchestra and, uh, you know, gather the, that amount of instruments because Hans Zimmer is a little bit crazy. <laughs> I, yeah. I think he's a little bit mad when he, um, I don't know, because I, I remember there is a company that, that creates VSTs. I, I think you've heard of is Spitfire Audio, which is from the UK. Yeah. Sure. And they've done a, um, a library, a strings library with Hans Zimmer. And that library, when you see how how many instruments they used for recording, they use like yeah. more uh, more uh, instruments, more string instruments, you know, like violins, violas, uh, cellos, and and basses. They use more uh, strings instruments than an orchestra has of the total of instruments. The, I think yes. that there was uh, 120 and 20 just yeah, strings good. players. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, yes. And you turn and all I the remember... microphones on the plug-in and your computer just shuts down. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember, yeah. I remember uh, hearing, and in one of the master classes I took, I remember uh, Hans Zimmer talking about, you know, I had like, 60 cellos for doing these things and i had to make them fit in a room and i was like 60 cellos are you crazy <laughs> like yeah. who 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 gets 60 cellos an orchestra yeah. has 60 musicians yeah, yeah and to manage that amount of of uh of uh people and of instruments and then because it's just it my head hurts just to think about it but you know, yeah. the process of like having to not just to compose for that, because, you know, you can compose, you want to create. Uh, I I believe that his idea to have 60 cellists is to have like a very more wide, uh, like cello ensemble uh, sound. And but when you think about the whole uh, administrative process, you know, having oh, to call all of them because you don't have an orchestra that has 60 yeah. cellos. You have no, to pick them. Only Hans Zimmer can <laughs> do that, basically. You have, you have to yeah. pick them from different things. You, know, have to, yeah, you have yeah. to mix the cellos that from different orchestras. You know, like, I'm going to yeah. take the cellos from this, from this, and from that. Yeah. And then having to, having to create, like, a, a room to record all those 60 cellos, just cellos, yeah. and then put all the microphones to create the white sound, to plug them into the mixing table, to record all of the tracks, and then mix all of those tracks. That is that is just, that is just, uh, that just produces me headache. A hundred percent, man. Yeah, it's crazy, obviously. I guess that's his forte, isn't it, Hans Zimmer? He gets yeah. known by that, and that's why... Um... Yeah, he, he works on those movies where they allow him to do that, but only, only he can really get away with it. But what I've noticed is that Hans Zimmer often is credited on films or soundtracks or whatever with somebody else. And so he seems to work a lot in a way where yeah. somebody else will actually do a lot of the legwork and he's almost like mentoring it or kind of contributing mm. parts to it. I think it's, yeah, I just think it's interesting like that. I feel like, composers can often work in a way where yeah they're kind of overseeing things but really there are so many people contributing to the music not just in terms of playing lines you know but actually kind of creating composing the parts um i mean you said this about composing this violin solo with your friend um and so ultimately this is your composition 
and you brought this person mm. in but i suppose if they have also kind of they're kind of contributing creatively to writing the part right under yeah. your overarching composition so how yeah, do you yeah, think yeah. that that differs as a kind of composer to maybe the typical kind of band setup it, that that's the thing i it's because i i think that every band has a, a working process i actually don't know and i think that the, the only bands that i've heard a little bit about their process is um epica Okay. Which yeah, I think cool. they do like a lot of work together. I feel when I, I listen to their music that they do a lot of work together. Mm. And um, because, you know, it's, I know it's Mark Jansen who writes all the lyrics, but you know, uh, you also have the, the, the keyboardist. I, <laughs> I don't know all their names. I know some of them and I don't know all their names or I am afraid that I mispronounce or that I mix yes, their names. The <laughs> I think it's Cohen, it's Cohen, the, the keyboardist. And he does a lot of the orchestration, you know, before the, the producer come in and do the, do the, um, the proper orchestration or records with the orchestra and stuff like that. And I know that they, for example, they, they get together in a hall, in a house and they, they, they rent a house and they start the process and, you know, they, they spend several weeks uh, working on the, on the process together. But some, yeah. sometimes I feel like the other bands, for example, I, I feel like, for example, Nightwish, it's, all about uh Thomas it's okay. all about him you know I feel like he does everything he even he even does the production you know and he does he writes the lyrics he composes the orchestration he I, I feel like he does almost everything and I think that that's the thing there are <laughs> different bands that do different things and there's not one right process but I feel like the process of uh composing together it's a more rewarding experience not in the in the result that is come going to come up with because you know uh, for example one member of a band uh, they're going to be like oh i would have done this song differently but but that's a that's a thing that's everyone is going to be happy about the, uh, different songs and um you the, the the whole the just the experience of working with other people and you know just um arguing about you know the song and talking about you know, this could be this try this and try that or this could work like this or someone giving you an idea of like you know, you could add this to the to the thing and i think that that's a more uh intelligent way of um of creating something uh when you collaborate with when, when you have a band or when you collaborate with other with another person and stuff like that i think that's that's a more intelligent and rewarding experience. Mm, yeah. And I suppose that's why, you know, the best bands in a way are able to have that real sense of chemistry and because <laughs> you've got to have trust and vulnerability and stuff to be able to do that. Right. And kind of take the ego and stuff out of it. So yeah, when a band is able to do that really well, like perhaps Epica, um, then it comes together really nicely and i mean let's face it it shows because epica's music is just incredible and the band mm -hmm. has such amazing longevity and just go from strength to strength so yeah phenomenal man um i i, I want to do um switch the pace a little bit um 
because oh god i could you know talk talk to you about all, all of this stuff uh, all day man and uh, go down all sorts of rabbit holes but um just to get a bit more context i wanted to take it back to the beginning and get an idea of when you actually first got into music and composing and your musical journey like overall throughout life <laughs> Well, I think I've uh, I've absorbed the in my family we are all creative uh, people in different kind of right. areas you know like writing or painting or music or stuff like that and I've always been interested in music and my parents always uh, you know like uh, they always listen to the classics you know Pink Floyd Jethro Tull and this kind of you know music in Queen uh, ACDC. So I kind of got into the heaviest stuff from very early. And I always had an affinity to classical music too and to, you know, orchestral music. And when I was, I believe, 10 years old, I started to play clarinet. Mm. And I've uh, moved from band to band and from school to school. And I did, el, uh, you know, the elementary uh, four years of uh, conservatory. Of music conservatory and um but i was not happy with with that i didn't like the the classical way of teaching things and i have many things against it which is it's a personal thing that i have I um and, and i and i didn't like the traditional way of teaching classical music and teaching music in general so i was like no, I'm not having this and I don't want it. And then I quit it and I still, uh, I still, um, I still was in a band, you know, in an orchestral band uh, at that time and playing the clarinet because I played the trumpet for like two or three years and I was not having it either. <laughs> I didn't like it and not a bit. And um, then I quit the clarinet. I was like, no. This is it. This is it. I'm done with this shit. I don't want to do it anymore. And but I was like, I, I like music. I like music a lot. And when and in my last years playing the clarinet and playing in the in the orchestral band, I was like, um, I really like music and I really like to I would love to create music. So when I quit, uh, when I quit the um, the clarinet i started to to kind of compose and this is about six seven years ago i don't i don't recall exactly um yeah probably seven years ago and um, i started to kind of uh compose you know with uh with uh with composition software, you know, like with uh, music sheet software. And um, I started to do that and then I got into the into the more uh, DAW, you know, they, this kind of stuff and VSTs and that. And I was like, mm, this is this is promising. This has this has a lot of things that I can get. And then I started uh, the 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 project, the Goldenwood Archive project, with watch, which was not called uh, Goldenwood Archive by that time. 
it it went through different uh, names, through different name changes until I came up with a Golden World Archive, which I don't think I don't know if it's a good choice because it's kind of uh, a little bit hard to pronounce for people that are not uh, English speakers. And um, but that's it. It's it going to be job. like that, and yeah. it's, it's gonna. <laughs> And uh, then I, I started to to work on that like five years ago because you know the the, the first album was released uh, three years ago but the the whole process uh, started a long ago mm-hmm. and then I got I think it's it's interesting to talk about why I got into the the whole uh, conceptual album thing and the whole uh, rock yeah. opera thing because. It was a time when I was uh, that I was uh, that I discovered the album The Source from uh, Arion, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, this album is great!" Because you know, I at the time as I was very into into Epica and Nightwish and stuff like that. So when I saw that it was uh, both of the singers, you know, Flo Jansen and Simone Simons were in that album, I was like, mm-hmm, I'm going to listen to this. And when I listened to that, I, I, when I listened to that, I was like, oh, I really like this. I really like this, this idea of creating like a story because I knew they were stories like that. There were stories like that, for example, uh, The Wall, uh, from Big Floyd by Queen Floyd or uh, Tommy um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah and I I but I really got into the idea into, into this thing because I was like okay so he's still in like a science fiction story in a very very intelligent way and then I I was like okay I'm gonna listen more of that and I got into you know the I the album that has a binary code in the in the title, yeah, which zero, I don't one, recall zero, exactly, zero, one, one, something like that, yeah. <laughs> which is I I I know that is the 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 code translates to to the letter Y, yeah, yeah because yeah, it's yeah. the name of the planet that he creates and stuff like that. Which, and I I remember I remember listening to to the to the first song of the source which has a, a part uh, i don't recall the name of the singer it's a famous it's a very famous uh progressive metal singer mm-hmm. uh the one that that sings all the stuff in binary code Do yeah, you... yeah 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 he does like all of the backing vocals on the, the robot yeah. Stuff. Yeah, yeah 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 and i really love that i was like it's Ooh. like crazy harmony it's like queen-esque but like on steroids yeah <laughs> and and i was like i really like this i really like how how many things you can you can do storytelling wise in music in just not not like opera but in not like musical or soundtrack but just in and music you know you can you can just yeah. play one song because you like one song and because you like the melodies of that song or sometimes um even though it's a storytelling and it has a story behind and the characters and stuff, they are uh, singing about uh, an emotional theme or something like that. You can listen to that um, and you can you can take it out of the story and listen just yeah. what that one it song. Just a great I was song. like, yeah. yeah, and I was like, I really like this. I want to do uh, things like that, and that's that's how Golden World Archive started. Nice. And but I also like to do like kind of soundtracks and in orchestral music and that's how I started and I started in classical music and so that kind of that kind of uh, left a footprint in my yes. 
in my whole journey through music and that's that's how i got here today <laughs> yeah no oh, that's so awesome man and i suppose that must have been around about the time the source came out because i suppose this, i think the source was about 2017 or something like that so 26, it must have been 16 i think yeah was it okay so it must have been probably the most recent Aerion album at the time and it's interesting because as well you obviously you collaborated with oha and valcata on um archangel and i remember i actually mm. had oha on this podcast as well a while ago and and he specifically said it was the source by arion as well that was like <laughs> massive influence and made him start valcata and and the first valcata album is like very very reminiscent of the source yeah. like them leaving <laughs> to find this other world and the president and things like that so yeah that's really cool that you know you have that crossover and it come together to collaborate too um yeah yeah, yeah. because i i believe it's it was an album who left a mark because i i think that after that album came out there was a lot of uh science fiction metal yeah. opera projects uh come out at the yeah, same yeah. at the same time and and i was like wow this really left a mark because i i've i've listened to to some other uh projects like that which are very good too yeah but i think the source is literally the source of all of that nice <laughs> and yeah I mean, my, my project is more like fantasy, fantasy inspired, mm. but it has elements from science fiction. But mm. I think I, I'm I'm forgetting about one of the one of the the artists that really influenced me of doing the, especially this second album that I'm working on, uh, which is Dark Sarah. You know mm -hmm. the the project from Heidi Heidi Parvainian, I think it's she's called, mm -hmm. and which I think it's a fantastic uh, project. And her th the, their third album is like the best album they have, and I think it's a masterpiece storytelling wise. It's mm -hmm. really a masterpiece. If you haven't if you haven't heard it, you must mm -hmm. because it's really good. Yeah! Wow! Yeah, it's I, just I saw... two characters. Yeah, it's yeah. just two characters, and the story with just two characters, and maybe they mm, other two characters appear in just one song, but two characters the whole album, and it's just perfect. It's just a story, mm -hmm. a, a story uh, that it's really good because it has like very mm, emotional themes and. It's it, there's not a lot of action going on. It's uh, it's like a journey to mm. get. It's it's a journey of two characters to get out of the underworld, and it's the the the, the things they go through. The, all the um, the 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 action kind of thing. The the you know the moving the 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 flying the stuff like that. It goes linked to. It goes hand-to-hand uh, -hand with uh, with uh, very emotional themes all the time. And that's mm -hmm. I think that's the beautiful, the beauty of, of that album. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, that's one so of the things that inspire me to 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 go more into the emotional themes of the of the of the story more than the 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 action of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because as you mentioned earlier, it's a very unique format and a very unique challenge because 
you you were saying that you have to do certain things in audio you called it like a musical audio book um and you have to do things in a certain way or emphasize things like that meteor landing and stuff like that because as you said if it was a broadway musical it's different because you have this visual component to it so you can storytell in it in a more of a multimedia kind of sense um same with a film or whatever but obviously in music it's the the music is by itself the art so very specific format for that and so as you say you can't necessarily have that visual stimulation of i don't know like a battle scene in if you're watching lord of the rings or something yeah you're not going to have that visual in, in in the music so you might be able to have a bit of that but as you say the probably the best thing you can do is really focus in on those emotions and those feelings because that's what music does so well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and can... um, out of interest is is like um is is musical theater and opera and stuff is that a particular interest of yours are you are you into that I I have to admit that I I don't um not like no not I'm not 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 saying that but I didn't get a lot into musical theater I have to 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 admit that and it's it's a thing that it's there and sometimes I I watch uh, you know short uh, videos on YouTube and stuff like that about uh, musical theater but it's not something that I, I'm very interested in and opera not that much <laughs> either I don't know it's it's not that I don't it, it's not that I don't like it's just I haven't seen a lot of it it is it's weird you know because i'm very interested in, in doing like a, a metal opera and uh yeah you know like um a conceptual uh music and it could be uh it could be taken into uh into you know into a theater and be uh play out in, in to the crowd and like sort of like um act a little bit you know like stuff like that but <laughs> it's not something that i've that i've uh that i've been interested in it's it's and it's it's weird because everyone asks me the same question it's like uh -huh. oh so you must like a uh, music theater and and broadway musicals and stuff like that and i'm like yeah i'm gonna say <laughs> not that much <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair man that's fair um it's interesting because you obviously you have the kind of classical side and then the whole rock metal opera side mm. but yeah i suppose that's fine like if it's arion and the rock opera side that really brought you into that and then also your classical background that gives you that sense of soundtrack composing yeah it makes sense like whatever you know tickles your fancy really however it works but um what what because you obviously you had that background in it like would you say that you're a fan of classical music then i suppose like um orchestral music more and and what if so like what has what what are your favorites what's been most influential to you from classical music i think uh it was not it was not um i don't think i've been that much into classical music because you know i've mm. i've uh, always um like linked that music to the to the traditional uh, music teaching yes yeah. And I don't like it a little bit, and it's. I think it's a very elitist and classist, but that's mm. a thing for another story. No. And so I haven't. I enjoy sometimes, you know, the 
the the sporadic uh, classical music, but mm -hmm. classical piece, but um, not that much into it. Even though I know there is a, the many uh, composers, the many mo many modern composers that I that I like uh, drink from that uh, mm -hmm. uh, from that classical music. For example, John Williams is the clear example. He has yeah. a lot of classical influence, even though he uses the orchestra in a more modern way. Mm. And then we have, for example, here in Spain, we have a composer that I really like is Oscar Navarro, which is a very famous composer here in Spain. And I think internationally, in some places, he has done many great uh, pieces of music because he composes he composes uh, classical, uh, not classical music. He composes orchestral music in the way I do. You know, like I have, for, for example, the Symphony of a Modern World or uh, All Colors of Nature, which are pure uh, orchestral music, but I wouldn't call it classical music because it's modern orchestral music. Mm -hmm. And he does stuff like that. And I think I enjoy more modern uh, composers than classic music. And my favorites, well, well, of course, John Williams and Hans Zimmer, but let's go mm -hmm. to, let's go a little bit less uh, mainstream. Mm -hmm. in a, I really like, um, Christopher Larkin, which right, is the composer yeah. for the for the video game uh, Hollow Knight, which I think it's I I have I have watched a lot of videos analyzing that uh, that soundtrack and it's it's amazing it's amazing in composition wise you know he's like I'm gonna take this theme I'm gonna twist it and it's gonna be like it's gonna seem like this completely different theme but actually it's not and then I'm gonna use this kind of weird metric but it's not a weird metric it's just a normal 4-4 four, four metric or something like that you know stuff like that that I really really like uh, this kind of um <laughs> this kind of nerdy things <laughs> about music that I really enjoy and I really love also, um, oh, what's her name? Stefania Gonomu. I don't know okay. if you if you know her. She's the one who made the soundtrack for the for the last for the previous um, Assassin's Creed game for Valhalla. Right. And she she won she won the the Grammy for that for that soundtrack. I I believe. Wow. And she also made the soundtrack of a Netflix series, which were cancelled before, which because it was not a very popular series. But I really enjoy her soundtrack, and she, she in her uh, social media, she talks a lot about uh, her soundtrack, how she made it, and. She's the, quite the opposite of uh, Hans Zimmer. You know, she has like a small amount of uh, of instrumentists and of singers, and she does all the soundtrack with just a, a few of them. And of the the the, um, the series that I was talking about is uh, Jupiter's Jupiter's Legacy, which right. has uh, an amazing soundtrack all the way. And she mixes, you know, like kind of electric guitars and like this kind of. Nice. Uh, um, metal sound with the synthesizers and then with like uh, uh orchestral singers you know like opera singers uh, like uh, i think i believe there, there is a piece that i really enjoy which is synthesizers and uh eight uh eight uh, opera singers mm -hmm. wow. just that and it's 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 amazing 
And I think those are my some some of my favorite uh, composers. And Gareth Cocker, I think uh, I don't know if you know him. He made soundtracks for many video games, and well, he's he's amazing. He I know I know I know for a fact that whenever he makes a, a, a soundtrack for a video game, the video game is the soundtrack, not the video game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, I'm with you. I, I just think what's so cool, especially cool about soundtracks in sci-fi, fantasy, things like that. This example that you gave about like eight opera singers and synthesizers, it's so peculiar. Like what other music do you, like no one releases a song like that, right? Yeah. But in soundtrack, it's like you to create the sound of like an alien world or something. That is such a, a amazing process. It's and, and just like you, that excites me to hear something like that something like this is the sound of some alien civilization or whatever like that's just so cool to do in music <laughs> yeah yeah i I've, I've recently uh watched uh, a, a short series of a short animated series in disney plus which is about a star wars the star wars universe right. and there oh, are oh, three cool. chapters three chapters yeah. uh, about uh, well i don't know if you know a little bit of uh, star wars or you're into sure. the, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. In, okay so the, they are the like sort of like the background story of konduku oh cool yeah. and it's it's about uh, his 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 fall into the dark side and the there are three chapters about him and the last chapter has like a this very ominous it's a very very um slow chapter it's it's a very short chapter like 15 minutes or something like that it's a very slow paced uh kind of um sequence all the all the time almost all the time and it has like this kind of like blade runner vibe to the soundtrack which creates like yeah, an cool. atmosphere of like a nominous atmosphere of something bad something really bad is going on yeah. and then it mixes it with the classical uh star wars themes yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's just it's just very 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 intense amazing and I was I was going to talk about something else about something else and I forgot about it <laughs> but anyway <laughs> You'll pick it up, I'm sure. But that <laughs> man, that that yeah, Star Wars is such a good example, I think, because you know, I would say that, you know, debatably, I've said this a few times, the music from Star Wars, the original like suite of music from the original movies, especially, or or really overall the movies, is, you know, arguably like the greatest suite of music of all time. Certainly up there of one of them, just like such a masterpiece. Yeah in that kind of thematic especially in terms of thematic world building and it's it's iconic you know we can all sing like so many tunes from star wars and again it makes you think of these characters in these worlds it's so phenomenal and that is one thing i actually really love about the kind of disney expansion of star wars um is that yeah you now have many composers who are star wars mm. soundtrack composers and they're all kind of harking back to the god john williams you know yeah, of course created this style but they all obviously get to do their own things with it and modernize it and do all these things but you're they're often always harking back to those original themes which is just like the greatest archive of themes ever um but they're also just you know making new themes and stuff that kind of mm. invokes that style almost this unique genre that that john williams created 
and modernizing it and yeah and doing it in this way and so for you to give that example that sounds fascinating i haven't seen this particular series it must be a new one um but i, I yeah, recommend I them that. yeah yeah is it like an animation i i assume yeah it's it's called uh uh tales of the jedi and it's mm. just six chapters six very short chapters about two characters uh, ahsoka and the konduku Right. very good very good i enjoy them i was like because i i rewatched the whole uh the clone wars series oh, and wow. i had That's and lot, i was right? like i i still want more star wars and i found <laughs> that and i was like okay more <laughs> yeah, yeah amazing okay, and, i mean and yeah it's yeah no i was just i was just about to go just nerd out and say like uh it am i right in thinking that count dooku was like the master of qui-gon jim Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually appears. It, well, it actually it goes through that through stories uh, about the you know master and apprentice, and it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. quite it's quite interesting to see that. And, and about music, which uh, the the thing you said before that uh, John Williams is this kind of overpowering figure over everything <laughs> that is done about the Star Wars, yeah. and then the other composers having to you know to like. I was playing the the video game, you know, the Jedi Survivor, the the last yeah. one that came out I was of Star Wars. Listening to that soundtrack, yeah, man. And 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 I was watching the the and I was watching a short video of the of the composer talking about how he made the soundtrack, yeah. and um, he was talking about you know having to to not to recycle but to to. The, the need to have some of the themes, some of the original themes and how to work with them through a video game and through his own his own compositions, his own themes for the new characters and new stories that this, the video game is, is is telling. And I I I always I always when they talk about this, I always think about uh, you know, for example, the more the more far away um a Star Wars story that I can think about, which is uh, The Mandalorian. Mm. And how that soundtrack is quite different yeah. from uh, from the rest of the, you know, it's like more like a like a like a cowboy movie, like an old cowboy yes, movie, you know, has Western, this kind yeah. of feeling, the kind of Western yeah, film. And um, it's funny because There is more. There are moments in which uh, some Jedi appear and some kind of stuff like that with the Force and stuff appear because that's inevitable when you do something about Star Wars. It's inevitable, and he has to go back to the originals uh, to the original themes. He he, even though he has the composer has uh, goes so far away from the original themes and created his own sound to that uh, new uh, to that expanded content of star wars he has to go back there's a, there's a moments yeah. where, where you have to go back and you have to adapt those themes to your sound which i think totally. it's it's quite hard especially when they are not your uh, your own sound <laughs> Yes, but especially something as iconic as Star Wars, it's almost like it's it's just <laughs> a part of like all of us in a way. It's its own kind of mythos. So I think he did a great job with that. Um, his name has just escaped me, but the Swedish guy um, that did uh, yeah. Mandalorian, I think he I think he did a fantastic job with, as you say, like really making it his own and establishing his own thing while still invoking the yeah. magic of Star Wars music. You know. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, oh man, it's just fun. It's fantastic. And I, I love all that stuff, just like you do, man. So <laughs> it's so fun to nerd out about that. Um, I, I was curious though, just um, just just to uh, um, get a bit more of an overview. Like, what what kind of things are you interested in outside of music? Well, of course, writing, as I said before, oh, God, um, yeah. I like to I liked a good storytelling and I really and I would love to create to create a piece of uh, a piece of writing that people really get into and be trapped by it and nice. to be and to be able to transmit the idea of this whole universe that I have created just for a musical project which this yeah. is the thing I I created this musical project and I was like but I have like a whole world building made like a yeah. very very full complex world building made about it and now I I have to 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 express and I have to show it somehow and I think writing is one of the best uh, the best things that I that I can do uh, that I and well I of course I love everything about uh, about storytelling I love watching movies I love watching series and reading books and beyond that I don't know other things other things that I really enjoy well sometimes I have this like um these bursts of energy in which I start to draw or to take pictures and edit pictures and do some uh, image editing. Uh, that's one of the other things that I do for my own projects and my own music. I always do my own cover arts. And, um, but th those are just uh, spontaneous bursts of uh, creativity that don't happen very often. <laughs> Yeah, but it is all overall. It's just about creativity, though, for you, right? Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, and creativity and all, 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 all that has to do with the storytelling. For example, video games. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy video games that have a story. Yeah. Either, either a story that you can choose or you can go through. For example, now I'm playing Baldur's Gate three, which is like the the pinnacle of, of uh, storytelling of uh, role playing and choosing your own story and how you want yeah. to play because you want to play however however you want and i also sometimes i also like to to have a story told a story told uh, for me you know sometimes video games that just have a, a design a pre-designed path but it's yeah. a very it's like like an interactive like an interactive uh, story and mm -hmm. i really enjoy that too mm -hmm. i really enjoy storytelling and i like to be surprised you know like oh or i like to to i really enjoy when when they create a universe or you know characters and stuff like that and they just um they they show it to me bit by bit, you know. I'm or sometimes you know you. I don't know if it happened to you sometimes, but when you watch a series or a book that has its own its own lore, its own story and mm -hmm. stuff like that, and you're a little bit lost at the beginning, and you're like, um, yeah. okay, I don't know what you are, what what is going on. I don't know what is going on. For example, uh, when I, when I've read uh, the Stormlight Archive from uh, Brandon Sanderson and I was lost at the beginning because it has like three 
prologues the first book and I was like what is going on I mean it's it's cool but what is going on and the more you get into the story the more you start to understand until you understand to a point where you can make your own deductions about what is going on and you know and that's the the that's the interesting part of uh of a storytelling you know being able to get the 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 um, the, the the reader or the or the people that watches the series or whatever or the player if it's a video game and to get them inside the story and yes. inside the world you create and be able to sometimes even play with uh, with them you know like uh, yes. with the plot twist and stuff like that so they are so so into the story that they don't realize that the things that uh, are going on even though the proofs and the evidences of what's going on it's out there he is like one of one character more he's not the reader he's one character that uh, that is uh, participating in what is going on so he's mm. surprised the same way as a character is surprised and things like that it's just really I love cool how, i love how you've uh, described that yeah that's so cool man um and i think that that's why certain things like star wars or game of thrones or something like that has been it was just like so popular because it can capture to the imagination in that way as you say you you feel not like you not just know the story of star wars or whatever but you feel like you know what it's like to live on naboo or, Tatooine yeah. or something you know and you feel like you're a person that that lives there yeah i mean that's so cool man i i, I love how i love how you describe that um but um you know with everything that we've talked about um and obviously you know you've harked onto like things you're working on with golden world archive and things like that what what is next on the horizon for you and in terms of what you're working on well i am of course i am we're going to release a, a third single from golden world archive and I am currently working on this like science fiction metal uh project of my own and which I released the first song which is uh faking the song that I released uh on November I believe mm -hmm. and I have two more songs finished and ready to to be published nice. uh one by one step by step <laughs> single by single but I think uh, people are People are gonna like no matter how uh, which uh, metal style you want because it's. I wanted not to to be stuck in just one style, you know, in just for example, just uh, symphonic metal. I wanted to do. I wanted to to explore. I wanted to to do things. So, for example, I have one song that is more like modern metal, has a a more modern metal uh, feel into that. And uh, the other one is like is like quite progressive, and I have another one which is pure symphonic uh, metal. And for example, the the <laughs> the the last one that I that I published, uh, faking, is a little bit more like yes, it's symphonic metal, but it's it kind of it kind of has a, a more like a neoclassical sound to it, like neo neo symphonic uh, sound to it. Because it was a song that it was a little bit inspired by a Blind Hex, which is a, a new uh, Mexican uh, symphonic metal band, which I really like. And it was kind of inspired by them. 
And I really, really enjoy it. So I want to, I want to explore a little bit with this, with this kind of uh, science fiction project. Uh, explore, you know, uh, modern metal, industrial metal, symphonic metal, progressive metal. Maybe I'll do a little bit of doom metal. I don't know. I just, nice. I'm, go I'm gonna do whatever I feel like doing, and like uh, right. that's the, that's the, that's the idea. Oh man, fantastic! I, I'm so excited for it man like i love that that you get to just you know dip your paintbrush in all, all the kind of different parts of the palette that you want man and yeah i'm you know i really enjoy everything that you come up with it's always distinctly yours but has a lot of variety to it and you know especially love the storytelling and everything everything that you're doing and everything that we've discussed here man um you know, we, we've, I'm conscious of the fact we've been going for a very long time. I've taken a lot of your time today, man. And uh, I appreciate it so, so much. Like, it's so much fun chatting with you. Um, so I suppose I suppose now is as good a time as any to wrap it up. Before we do, is there anything that you'd like to get in there in particular? Um, Not really. Um I I would love to, to know a little bit about your... your, your um your way of approaching the the project and the collaborations that you are all also uh, making right now with uh, you know with the uh, with the project you have going on yeah How'd... well yeah that's a yeah interesting question i mean i i i relate to you in in many ways especially what you're saying about mm, trying to embrace these collaborative components i i'm i relate to you in many ways um I'm very passionate about music and storytelling, especially these two things combined. Um, I love soundtracks and thematic world building and, mm. and all of that kind of stuff as much as I love rock and metal music and, and all sorts of things there. So um, I like to think that we have a similar approach. The thing that I'm looking to do is create this expansive universe, as, as you say. Mm. Um, and one thing that I really like to do is get people to play characters like in Arion or whatever, but like, as you kind of say, be more, uh, have more agency in creating those characters, kind of like an RPG, you know, because of that thing you're saying about being inside yeah. the world and kind of <laughs> creating your own adventure type thing. So what I really want to do is kind of create the world and the system for people to be a part of it. But really, you kind of get to create your own character and carve your own path within it. And I've, I'm really looking to just kind of accommodate that. But it's the thing that's unique and challenging about it is that I very much um, see it as kind of a community project, you know? So it, it's mm -hmm. really more about setting it up in a way that lots of people can work on lots of things together and it can kind of all be tied in under this one thing. But instead of seeing it as one particular project, I kind of see it more as many branches of projects that, that mm -hmm. can kind of be linked together. I suppose that's the approach uh that i have with it um but yeah <laughs> i suppose that's that yeah but... because it was it was it was it was quite uh quite surprising to see that you for example it is the same project but then you have like in spotify you have like different uh different yeah. uh different, artist like, bands, names basically yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and it was it was like quite interesting to see that it's <laughs> like oh so it's it is a, a single project but it's at the same time, like uh, different, uh, as you say, branches of projects uh, yeah. all around there, which is uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting and not quite uh, not quite uh, easy to see this kind of thing. 
Yes. Yeah. Anything I mean, to it, do. It's definitely, it's, it's a unique challenge that I've been working on a long time to work out the best way to present that. And, you know, we're starting to progress on that. And um, I kind of held back on releasing stuff from it for a little while, but this year we're going to be doing a lot more of that. Um, but the one thing for sure is that I'm going to open it up more to include sort of other people's projects type things. So like the song mm -hmm. credits can kind of focus more on, you know, um, if we're, if it's a collaboration with a band or artists that have their own projects, then those kind of things can be linked in terms of like authorship. Um, but yeah, the idea is very much that, you know, it all started from Flavonus, that was my band that I actually played live with for years hmm. and we came up with these characters and concepts and stories but the whole idea was like that we could form some other band with its own identity and its own musical style um hmm. that would be completely different you know maybe one is a you know melodic rock project and one's a death metal you know so they're not the same band but like they're all from characters that are all from the same universe. That's where mm -hmm. it really came from. And it kind of came from, again, the same sort of ethos that you have that I could never settle, man. I could, I, I wanted to make like a rock band that has this kind of style and a yeah. death metal band that has this style and everything else, you know? And I just always loved this idea of character, like musician characters, you know, like kind of um, like many rock stars, you know, with these larger than life personas. You know, mm -hmm. to be able to create a lot of fictional characters that are the musicians. Because I think that's what's different in a lot of rock operas or whatever. It's about characters in a story, right? Which is See, great too. Yeah. But I kind of like this idea of if you had characters like David Bowie playing Ziggy Stardust or I don't know, the members of Kiss or something like that. If you, mm -hmm. if you kind of play these characters as the persona, imagine if all these fictional characters were a part of this world. I guess that's that's the kind of premise. <laughs> yeah yeah i think i, I think it's, it's a very interesting interesting way of doing things and it's the the approach that i have for my for my next solo album is i i want people to be you know to be listening to to some songs and of course there is going to be a majority of uh symphonic metal because that's what i know the best to do but it's gonna have other songs mixed together and they're gonna be like oh this is this is this is completely different from what I've heard before. And the the singles, I think the singles I'm gonna release before the album are gonna be like an image of this, and they're gonna be like they're gonna be expecting to listen to uh to another uh, symphonic metal song, and it's not going to be a symphonic metal song. <laughs> so I think that the Gosh. the idea of this project is also to surprise uh people with mm. the the changes and with experimentation, and you know it's. I don't know. It's. It, I think it's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm sure of it. Man. I, I'm no shadow of a doubt. And do, you, do you have a kind of time frame in mind for that? I know these things can be changeable, but not exactly because I'm working with another with another person uh, in the in the. Um, not in the collaboration, but in the in the more like merchandise, in the more like um, marketing uh, perspective, and the more. Um, 
in the promotion and stuff like that i'm working with another person so i'm just kind of um we're just kind of you're not like uh listening to the song uh, having the production built together uh quite well because i'm gonna do like all the all the creativity and all the production and i wanted to be right to the start uh, the the campaign you know and to mm -hmm. to create the campaign and program it and stuff like that so I can say maybe before before this summer and maybe even in spring this spring I think yeah cool. probably amazing man well, Most I, can't wait. I can't wait for that man <laughs> I, I really loved um faking uh the last single that you brought out I thought that that was a really cool what you know defining this particular sound man and obviously it's gonna have a lot of variation to it man so I'm really uh I'm really looking forward to that man and um yeah, hopefully we can do something like this again sometime, man. It's been a it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been great. Cool, man. Well, so, cheers. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for taking the time. And yeah, cheers. Thank you for having me. It was it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. I don't know how many how many time we've been talking. Yeah, oh quite. God, two <laughs> it's hours. <a> long one. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it went it went like that. It went yeah, really fast. <laughs> Well, it was a pleasure talking to you finally, and I really enjoy this kind of this kind of uh, things you do with you know uh, talking with other with other musicians and with other people from different you know singers and musicians and composers and it's it's great it's it's great to see and to hear different perspectives of um, same things or uh, you know. Uh, hearing them about experiences, you know, for example, uh, from the perspective of a singer, the, the the experience of working with a composer or with uh, with another project uh, and stuff like that is quite interesting to see. Oh, man, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. And uh, glad to have your perspectives on things added to the mix. <laughs> so thank you so much, man, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you again. Bye. See you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Creating a Universe. Special thanks to William Kahn for joining me. I really enjoyed this. Be sure to check out Will's work at williamkahn.com. Links will be in the show. That's all for this one. I'll see you next time.